0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Heroes for Sale podcast. My name is Adam. I am your host. Uh, we are in the Britta Water Filter studio recording this episode for Topps Series 1 release day. It is a very exciting day in the hobby and a very exciting day for baseball fans because I think even though Series 1 is not the first release of the year, there was a release last week, Topps Archives Signatures, which I believe is just a one Um, it's one of those products that is like basically a gamble. Like, either you're spending how I think they're like $45 to $50. Either you're spending the $45 to $50 and you're getting somebody who is good, or you're getting someone who maybe the autograph's worth like five, six bucks. Um, not really one of the products that I particularly, particularly like. Um, something that maybe in the future I'd want to open. Um, but not something that I really – I wouldn't be – I wouldn't want to spend my own money uh, if that makes sense. Like I'd want to – I'd want to have to – there would be some sort of brand deal or something that I'd want to do with uh, archives or any any of these like high – and I wouldn't even consider archives a high-end product because it's not like super expensive like um, – I know if, if if you guys follow Phil Hughes, uh, he was an old he's a pitcher who used to play in the MLB and now he does pack opening videos and he just opened up a couple cases of Topps Dynasty and those packs are like I think they're five hundred dollars a piece. Um, And they only have one card, and they're all, I think they're all autographs, and some of them are patches, and you can get crazy one of ones and stuff like that. If you haven't checked out his YouTube channel, I definitely suggest taking a look. It's pretty cool. If you you like high-end products, I mean, even if you don't like high-end products, I think it's interesting to kind of see, like, what's coming out of these packs. Uh, But so back to kind of the subject at hand. We've got Top Series 1 coming out today, and I mean, I don't. I don't think this episode – I don't want this episode to be another review of Top Series 1 because I think I have come out with two or three episodes over the past few weeks um, talking about Series 1. Actually, let me go to my the podcast, and I'll look to see which episodes. So you can go back and kind of see some of my thoughts on um, – some of my thoughts on the product now. I probably will be buying some of the product to open myself. Uh, let's see. I know there was one I did specifically. Um, let's see. Sorry. Going back, 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 back. Episode 41 that I came out with uh, the 18th, January 18th. So maybe I will need to do a little bit, of re- little bit of a refresher once once I maybe see some more of the product be opened. If you are... If you're listening to this on Wednesday, so Tuesday there was a Topps million card rip party. So they invited a bunch of breakers to go to uh, AT&T Stadium. And I know if um, – I would imagine they probably have a replay of that on the Topps – I think on Topps Twitter because I know they were live streaming the event. And I'm sure a ton of the breakers that they invited – they invited like over 25 breakers I think it was uh, to go there. And open, so you can get kind of a feel for what the product is going to look like. So, a quick overview. Top Series 1. It's usually one of the most produced products all year. Um But it was interesting. From what I've seen, they changed the odds a little bit. So, I think that either... That may mean that they either produce more of it or less of it. I'm not 100% sure... um I think that mean, I think that would end up meaning that they produce more of the product or they just change the odds. So the thing that they changed, I think, was the gold cards were coming. They used to be one out of every six packs and I think they made them one out of every 10 or one out of every 12. Um, so I think that would mean that they produce more. I'm pretty sure. But it, I also am not 100% sure if like every... Because the gold cards are numbered to... This year they'd be numbered to 20... 2020, um, and they are, I mean, the rookies are pretty valuable. I mean, they're one of, it's, it's interesting because the, the gold cards are a little bit more expensive than I would expect, um, because I don't think there's refractors that come out of this pack. I know in, um in like Bowman Chrome and in Topps Chrome they have refractors but I don't think I think it's kind of like the re- replacement for refractors but they have a set print run of how much they come out with. So I think there's 300 cards on the checklist so I don't know if that means that each of the players has 2000 gold cards, 2200 or 2020 gold cards throughout all the product that's produced. I would imagine that would be the case, but I'm not 100% sure on that uh, fact, so don't quote me on it, but Uh, I'll probably buy a few packs. I mean, like I said, if if you 're buying products you don't like want to really expect that you 're going to pull much out of it like I felt like I was pretty lucky last year and I opened up two hobby boxes of series two and I pulled a patch like a one of one Bregman patch, which is ridiculous and then the next box I opened I got a um I got basically all the big rookies, so like I was pretty happy with that with what I opened last year, but I could have easily had gotten like only two of the rookies and not gotten a not gotten a good patch or got a uh, autograph that was um not a player that I really knew of. Because the other, I mean, I think the other one was a rookie Braves player. I forget. I think it was Bryce Wilson, potentially. Um, so that was like an autograph that, I mean, it was fine, I guess. Realistically, I kind of even I evened out with what I opened and what I eventually sold from that. Um, so it's a question kind of that I get a lot on tiktok and on like instagram occasionally if i get some new followers like they'll ask me uh, what are some good products to open and i always tell them that to make sure that you're not buying products to open to get anything good it should realistically just be something that you're having fun opening up packs for um it's always nice to get like a good rookie or a good couple rookies but like realistically at this point there isn't much value in opening up packs and coming from a investors. Uh, yeah, I guess coming from more of an investor standpoint, like when you're buying cards, like it's far more cost efficient to just buy the card you want. Like this year, for example, I opened up two blaster boxes of prism and I'm sure at this point you've heard this, but I, they were thirty five dollars a piece, which was almost double what they actually should cost. Because what 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 happened with Prism, and I don't Optic is also coming out soon, and I don't know if this is going to happen with Optic because, um, and actually I so saw this is kind of turning into a Series One slash uh, boxes and packs podcast. So I think uh, that'll probably be in the description. So. You got Optic coming out, and over the summer, Optic really... Uh, the Optic Hollows, people realized... I don't know if they re- finally realized this or why it just randomly happened over the summer, but they realized that the silver... the Basically, the Optic optic Hollow, which is basically just the Prism Silver of Optic, they realized that there was less of a print run, so the price of that card skyrocketed. skyrocketed. And I don't know if... What happened with Prism was that a lot of people would go to these targets, and they'd go to Walmart, and they'd go to all the places, and they bought all the Prism, and then they'd sell it for double. I don't know if that's going to happen with Optic, and I don't know, I don't, I can't imagine that something like that could happen with Series One, just because of how much is produced. Like it feels like with Siri, no, with uh, Prism, there is a lot of it produced, but like somehow it keeps selling out, and then it keeps being sold for double. Series one this year, and I think this year's series one is much different than most years because most years you'll see series one throughout the whole year. It's put, it's restocked, they just keep putting it in there. It is the most produced product, and I think they, I don't know if like compared to series two and update, obviously, update come being the third release, uh, it's still highly produced. Like the flagship set is probably the most produced, like series one, series two, and update are the most produced set in tops because it's like their flagship set. It's like what I would say it's what a casual fan would be looking for if they're looking to buy some baseball cards, which is good. And I think you know, I would like to, I would like for tops to try and make the value at least sort of there when it comes to the product, but I mean at the same time like you look at it and you say, yeah, these companies want people to enjoy the product itself, but they also want to make money. And I'm I'm totally for that. Um obviously I think I've said that in the past, like the business aspect of the card hobby is something that I think pe- people maybe um, they take very seriously and they take it to heart when someone, when there's money to be made and that someone is making the money maybe and taking away, not maybe taking some, not taking someone else's money, but like um, making it harder for someone else to make money. I don't, I don't know exactly the point. That's not, it's not really the point that I'm trying to make here, but like, Topps obviously wants to make money here. They're not going to be just be making something just for the fun of it. They're not just trying to break even. Like, they're a for-profit company, so they're going to produce as much product as they need to to get into these stores, and if that means that they put less rookies and less gold cards and less refractors and less all of these, like, extra parallels and less autos and all that stuff, that's what that's just what they're going to do. Now, I saw a pretty interesting post uh, a couple weeks ago about somebody uh, broke down how many... Um, Somebody broke down how many ooh, shoot, I should I should know this off the top of my head. Someone broke down how many uh PSA graded cards there were for certain players, and I think they broke down um Ken Griffey Jr., uh Mike Trout and then Ronald Acuna. And I think Ken Griffey Jr. had something like eleven thousand and like Mike Trout was in, I think the thousand, two thousand, and then Acuna was also um Acuna was also in that range there. Um so I think a lot of people will say like that they're worried because of what happened in the past with the Junk Wax era. And I think – I don't know. It's interesting. To me, I don't see something like that being – it's not that – I don't know. I'm not sure if it could happen again. Like Realistically, I have – I understand that most of the time you look at something that's happened in history – and history tends to repeat itself and i think that's a cliche thing to say but i think it usually happens like that is something that's it's, it's it's not cliche if it's actually what really happens so to say that maybe there will be down the road like sure potentially because like if people keep buying the product tops not just tops isn't going to just be like okay we're not going to we're going to actually reduce the amount of product that we are producing because we don't want people to um we don't want people to buy the product and then it turned and then everything turned into the, the junk wax era again their tops isn't in the business of doing that they're in the business of making money and realistically they're gonna they're gonna produce as much product as people will buy and I think this is where maybe a, this is it's not exactly the consumers that are running into this issue where they're buying the product. Uh, i mean with prism this probably is the case because like you look at if you look at over the past um few years like the silvers uh the total amount of graded silvers is like tripled or doubled it's like it's gone up a pretty significant amount like Lucas compared to uh if you look at a player like i guess Alonzo Ball or Jason Tatum uh from 2017 or you could look at maybe uh, Donovan Mitchell would be another example, but like if you look at that, and you look at how many there are, they've clearly produced more of that certain thing. I also think that is a scenario where the Prism Silver wasn't – it has gained popularity over the past few years. So like realistically, you look at someone opening up 2017 Prism, and they didn't really – no, they knew that the silver was an important card but they didn't know it was at they didn't realize how important it would become so they didn't send it in for grading so they either i'm sure they sleeved it up but like potentially that that then could mean that they just put it into a uh a like a box or something and it got dinged and then they didn't send it in so like i think that is one reason why you're seeing a rise in silvers because like this year I would say anybody that's pulling a silver, there is a ninety-nine percent chance. If someone's pulling a Zion silver, they're sending that into PSA if it's in good condition. There's no way that anyone, and even regular Zion's for the most part, I would say even base Zion's. Like, and I think that's what happened with Luca. Um, and I think that's why you're seeing such an such an increase in like one specific player, and just the procs in general, kind of because Trey is also kind of in that same category from 2018. But you look at. People getting these cards and sending them to sending them into grading. Grading's always been popular, but like back in 2017, like I just like I was saying, I don't think people knew how popular first of all graded cards would eventually become, and then silver cards as well. That's why you. you I think that's along with the production, and I don't think it's I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's a combination of both. There, so you look at like this year's rookies that are coming out of series one and i would say you're probably going to see a pretty significant amount of like Jordan Alvarez and Bubashets and Gavin Lux's like getting graded right away and i think the thing with them is that you'll see them get graded throughout the season and then they'll be, they'll be able to be sold like with um with series 2 last year you realistically if you're pulling that in june you have july august september october so you had 4 months so that's uh, thirty days in a month. It's 120 days. So, like, realistically, people were probably selling those cards at the end of the season. But I think this year, what you're gonna find is that people midway through the season, you're gonna be able to buy a lot of these prospects. And I don't know. Like, I think one thing that I I I don't know if I don't know if Topps did this purposely. To be honest, and it seems like seems like a decent enough strategy that. They may have done it on purpose, but at the same time, I don't feel like they. I don't think they would have done this. But like you look at the secondary market, and I've talked about this in the past. I think I had a podcast like in the middle or beginning of January where I talked about the difference between Topps social media and Panini's social media. And Panini has really embraced the fact that a lot of people are buying cards on the secondary market. Topps hasn't really. It's not that they haven't done it, like, Panini has done it in a way that they are reposting people that are talking about card values going up on eBay. So, like, and I don't think Tops would event, would do this, because, like, Panini's doing it, and they've been doing it, so, like, it would be, and I don't, uh, they would be not, co- they would be copying Panini, essentially. But, like, at the same time, you get got to look at it and say, well, so, Tops like, if they just did it, like, I don't know. Eventually, I think people would be like, oh, they're copying Panini at first, but then eventually, I don't think people would really care. But you look at, like, what Tops is doing with these rookies that are coming out of Series 1, and they're not – I guess they're kind of devaluing the rookies a little bit that are coming out. Like, the rookie class that are in this first, this first release of the product, Series 1, are, like, ridiculous. And I think they're going to be pretty good coming out of Series 2, depending on what happens with um, Luis Robert, uh, Adley Rushman, we'll see if he gets called up. Mackenzie Gore, Joe Adele. I mean, there are some big names that are top prospects that are potentially going to get called up early in the season or start the season on the on the opening day roster. So I guess the the point that I'm trying to make is that like, you look at players like Alex Bregman and you look at players like Aaron Judge who had cards coming out of Series 1 in 2017 and you look at their cards and they're just not super valuable. And I don't know... I think one good thing that's coming out of this is like that there are like 10 potential rookies that are coming out in series one that will be collectible. Now, I don't know if that makes it, I don't know if that gives the cards more value or less value because I think there's just going to be a, a lot of them. And I think that be, there being a lot of supply will definitely hurt the market value on the secondary market. So, like, that's kind of the point that I'm trying to make about, like, if tops did this on purpose to try and devalue the secondary market for cards, which wouldn't be really in their best interest because, like, the secondary market is, like just as important as people opening product like the like breakers and hobby shops and like retail products it's it's i would say it goes hand in hand it's just as important so like if they are if they are purposely devaluing these cards by putting all of them in series one like I don't know if they, you know, and the thing is, like, they could have just put Jordan Alvarez in Topps Update, and I think that would have made Topps Update even better from last year. Uh, and they still had all of these rookies from Series 1 that are going to be in there this year. So I don't know why they did that. Like, I understand that there was a. Cutoff date, which is some, I think, uh, Examine Baseball, I think, is an account on TikTok that said they were the ones that I think wrote the article for Forbes that said why Alvarez was the rookie of the year, but he wasn't in in that year's tops. Um, and it's just, I don't, it just, it didn't make much sense at the time. And now looking at the, now looking at the, um, the checklist, it, it even makes less, it makes even less sense because like, it's there's so many good rookies that like you didn't need to put you could have just put alvarez in a different in 2019 rather than 2020 um but at the same time i think that then makes tw- 2020 obviously more valuable um as a product that people want to buy like having alvarez in there is realistically one is is one of the good reasons is one of the reasons why people are going to be buying because they want his rookie card finally because I think also he's rookie. He won Rookie of the Year. So, like, I think his card has value, but unfortunately, you know, you look at it and you say, well, like, how much value does it have because how many are there going to be? Like, so their supply is going to be high and we'll see what the prices are. I don't know. Like, it, I, will he, I don't know if any of these cards have hit the secondary market because I think... um I think they have hit shops. uh, They have hit shelves in some retail stores. I was seeing some people on Instagram post pictures of the shelves and they had Series 1 up. So I'd say there's probably a chance you can buy some Alvarez or some Boba Shed or some Gavin Lux or anybody right now. And, uh, And yeah, I mean, you can. I don't know what the prices are. I guess maybe I'll look at some prices tomorrow. Just actually after the podcast i'm going to be looking up some prices and then i'll report back on potential potential pricing and potential buying maybe in a in a podcast later this week um but i think so the an, the original question is should you buy packs and i know that i've sort of along the way i've kind of alluded to that you shouldn't um And from a cost perspective, you shouldn't. But from a maybe a fun perspective, you should. Like it's they're fun opening packs is kind of it's a fun it's a fun hobby to do. Um, But like I would find cheap products to open. I wouldn't be opening up Prism because like that's overpriced. And if you're if you are finding products that are um, double the price than you can buy at in retail stores or at your hobby shop. I would say don't open those ones, but if you can go to, like, Target or Walmart or whatever, and you can buy um, hot blaster boxes of Series 1, like, that's eight packs for 20 bucks. I think that's very reasonable. Or if they have the single packs. Now, I've heard from people that they don't like particularly buying retail because what people will do is they'll, they'll kind of feel the packs, and they'll feel which ones are the heaviest, and they'll see which one are the relics, which I think is one reason why... Um, retail products don't have as many uh, good like, re- good retail products have probably a much worse return than hobby products, like if you're buying a hobby box essentially, you are you're guaranteed like an autograph or a relic in the hobby box, and if you are buying like a blaster, I don't know what you're guaranteed in this year's blaster but you're definitely not guaranteed a relic you may find one in there but like, I don't even know if they're, like I think there's probably some sort of parallel that's that's obtainable through uh retail stuff but like you're not guaranteed anything the way that you are with hobby and and granted if you buy four blasters that's um that's 24 packs and that's 80 bucks if depending on I think the prices of them are 20 but like a hobby box is probably going to be 50 bucks and you're getting basically the same amount of packs actually there might be 10 packs in a blaster I'm not 100% sure it's it's between 8 and 10 but if it's it actually would make more sense for it to be 10 um because then the the value is the same between the hobby and the actually hold on let me see if i can find um i know i was looking up some stuff the other day and i bet you i can just f- i can just find the packaging for the blasters and figure out exactly how many how many packs are in each i guess i'll go to uh blowout buzz is like one of the the blowout um forums has like a twitter account where they post a lot of good stuff Hold on, hold on. Oh, here we go. There's a blaster right here. Can't really tell. Uh, let's see. Let's see. I'm just scrolling through here. Because um, I know they came out with the packaging for the um, other for... Yeah, okay. So here is a blaster. Um, Let's see if it says on here. I can't find anywhere specifically where... Seven packs plus one extra pack. So... Eight packs. Okay, so I guess you know. I think I think it'll depend on what the pricing you can find for hobby boxes. But regardless, so there's eight packs basically now. That I know that I think that's that's the case for Heritage, and then like I think it might be ten or twelve. I think it's probably ten for for Series One. Um, but I mean it's it's an exciting it's an exciting time. Series One is an exciting time for baseball collectors. New season's starting up uh springs right around the corner i mean that's obviously huge in in the northeast it's actually the, the weather's been actually decent this winter uh so i'm not even really going to complain about the weather because we haven't really gotten too much snow to be honest um but that's going to be that's going to be it for the episode today i think i it's more—it's more of a just should you buy packs podcast episode, uh, but series one, obviously, very exciting that that's going to be oh, that's going to be available. You might be able to if you're listening to this, you should be able to go to your Target and buy it. I would imagine. I think most Targets will probably put it out. Um, might even be—you might even be able to go to. I think you probably should Hobby. I guess you'd be able to go to Hobbies too. Uh, I'm rambling. Sorry, that's going to be it for the episode, everybody. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, uh, Twitch, LinkedIn. You can find my stuff there. Uh, If you go to my Instagram, Heroes for Sale, that's where you're going to be able to find all the other links to everything. So definitely just go check that out. That's the best place to be able to find me in other locations other than on Instagram. Uh, But that is going to be it, everybody. Thank you for listening, and I will see you in the next one.